This is Issues 2023. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wichita City Council Member Brian Fry. Welcome to Issues 2023, Brian. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to see you and, and have the opportunity to talk. You know, the, you represent the 5th District. Uh, what is the geography of that district? Generally north, northwest? North of Maple, west of Ridge Road, for the most part. Um, so northwest Wichita. So think uh, Sedgwick County Park. Uh, Bishop Carroll, New Market Square, okay. that area of town. And you took office in the spring of 2015, I believe. Yes. Uh, tell us about your professional life before the city council. What happened before? Oh, wow. So I did uh, 25 years in television. Uh, I was the marketing director at KSN Channel 3 for 11 years and at Cake TV for 14. So my job was to get people to watch uh, the station um, and use our products. Mm, so. Yeah. Obviously. It was a great career. I loved it. It was uh, challenging. It was creative. It was ever-changing. But uh, I'm blessed to be out of it. <laughs> the yeah. industry has changed so much. Yeah. Uh, so where did you do before that? Where are you from? Tell me a little oh, more. So lifelong Wichita. Uh, grew up on the east side of town, Wichita Public Schools. Uh, graduated from Southeast High and, and Wichita State. And um, first job out of college was with Simon Property Group. They owned uh, Town East. And I was stationed at a mall in Dallas, Texas, and uh, did that for a year and decided that wasn't the career for me. And I came home and uh, boomeranged back to Wichita and went to work at Channel 3. And so, um, like I said, lifelong Wichita, grew up here. Um, I've served on nonprofit boards, my HOA. That's what got me started in, in politics, actually. I, I served on my homeowners association board, and that is the least thankful job you'll ever have in your life. <laughs> um, I can I can imagine. But that's what got me interested in what was happening does in my neighborhood. Does everybody hate those people? <laughs> they, you usually <laughs> only, don't hear from people unless there's only, something upsetting them. <laughs> only right? the homeowners, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, um, that's a tough job. It really was, but it also got me in, interested in what was happening in my neighborhood and how. The city affected my neighborhood, whether it's roads or parks, uh, infrastructure. And, of course, I was used to it being in television. I followed it from a new standpoint, but never involved with it. And that's why the HOA got me interested. And And then I did the park board for eight years uh, and then led that into City Hall. Did you have any, uh, along the way, any uh, uh, people who really helped you uh, uh, what do I want to call? What do they call those people? Mentors. Mentors. Oh, Al Buck. Uh, Al Buck Channel from Three. three. Yeah. yeah, he was my first general manager, and he really impressed upon me servant leadership, and being uh, someone who certainly you can have a career, but it's what you make of your career and how that affects the community, and using those resources and talents to help make the community better. So, uh, working at Channel Three under him followed his leadership. He served on boards and um, was a community volunteer, and that's got me started. Uh, my first entry into Salvation Army and uh, helping with Angel Tree and Kettle Campaign, and I've been doing that the entire my entire career. Um, mm-hmm. So that servant leadership uh, that he uh, inspired me uh, as a mentor, not only from the career standpoint, but just that personal side of things. You uh, said, you've mentioned in passing that both the the business has changed, and uh, from the radio side, I can tell you, yeah, it sure yeah, has. Yep. But can you, any specific ways you can say that it's changed, other than there, in radio, we have fewer people. Right. <laughs> well, there's so much fragmentation now, right? Yeah. Back when I was doing television, there were three, four TV stations and 
a handful of cable channels. Uh, there was not social media. There was no internet. <laughs> now I'm really talking the dark ages, right? Yeah. But there weren't all these uh, smart channels. Um, there weren't as many options. And so the fragmentation wasn't uh, nearly as separated as it is now. It's, so that was probably the biggest difference. Yeah. And then the advent of social media and the cell phone smart is just being able to have that on demand and not have the, the appointment television that it used to be. Right. Term limits prevent you from running for city council this fall. Uh, you can, but you can come back and run again, can't you? If you, you have to out. sit out. Yeah. Sit out. Yep. So what do, you, what do you think of term limits generally? <clears throat> you know, um, I've never been a fan of unlimited terms. I think there should be term limits. It keeps content uh, fresh. It keeps new ideas coming forth. Um, I think you get some entrenchment of power when there are no term limits. And I think you need to have that constant turnover of fresh ideas and fresh voices. The challenge is making sure that you do have qualified people running for the positions and that you're getting good candidates. Um, we talk all the time about making sure that we're generating that next level of leadership and where are they coming from and trying to get young people involved at, at the levels, whether it's on boards or committees, so that we are uh, creating that next level um, but that's what you have to do. You have to have that fresh voice, those new ideas. Um, and so I've always been a fan of term limits. Well, it, it, yeah, you got to get back out in the real world, I guess. It's some... <laughs> so I've been blessed the yeah. entire time I, I've been on city council. I've had uh, a part-time job um, <laughs> and been able to supplement that. And, uh, and I, I'll have that continuing uh, going forward. It's just how do I pick up that extra time? Um, with maybe it's more nonprofit work, maybe it's more servant leadership, uh, maybe it is a, some side hustles, right? Maybe you'll see me Ubering people around town. That's good to be, yeah. You barely missed out uh, in the primary for mayor. Yep. And gosh, just what, a few hundred votes? 705. 705. Uh, yeah. Anything you might do differently if you could, if you get a mulligan and do it again? <laughs> no, I, I can't live with regrets, right? I believe that we did everything that we possibly could. We were blessed to have fantastic support uh, across the across the city. We won several districts. We just didn't win enough districts. Um, but you know, you, you can't live life with regrets. You, you you put your heart and soul into it. You you work from day. Uh, all day long to try to do the best job you can, and and uh, we just ran out of time. How do you? How do you? Did you go out and knock on people? Oh, absolutely, doors? yes. I would think that's the best way if you've got the the energy and the, and the time to do so it. So it's a lot different when you're running for a citywide race than a district race. My last district race, um, we knocked on about forty five hundred doors. Okay, yeah. For one district, yeah. On a citywide, you got to times that. Six times, no. right? So it's hard to hit all those doors. Uh, you just there's not physically enough time to do that, and so that's why you have to be smart with your marketing. And my background allowed me to utilize and draw upon some of those experiences. But um, door knocking is still um, a very important part of campaigning, especially. But it's different, you know. Back five years ago, nine years ago, there weren't the number of uh, ring cameras doorbell cameras, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now when you go up, instead of answering the door, someone's virtually answering the door. Yeah. And so it's a little different. Um, or they choose not to, right? But 
no, door knocking is still a very important part of a campaign, and yes, we we did do that. Of course, there's yard signs and uh, maybe buying some advertising, but uh, also yeah. uh, town hall meetings and oh, yeah. debates. Um, Absolutely. Is, what do you think about debates? We're going to have another Republican debate here in a couple of days. What do, what do you think of those? So it's tough, especially in our primary. We had nine candidates, and so it was tough to have enough time to really address the, the questions with detailed answers. You, you, you didn't get a lot of time. Um, and so now you're saying with the, with the general, there's only two candidates. There is more time to answer and get more specific. And, and I think that's important. I think the voters really need to know where you stand on positions. And you can't stay at that 50,000-foot level and just talk about key points. They're expecting detailed answers. They're wanting solutions. And so I think that's a very important part of a campaign. Um, it's just there's not enough options. There's not enough opportunity for people to get that message out. So, um, and, and, and on the local level, you're pretty civil to each other. You didn't stomp your head, stomp your foot, and start calling people names or anything like that. Yeah, I've never campaigned that way. <laughs> uh, you wow. know, all of my campaigns have been, I would call them gentlemanly. Um, I don't feel that that's imp- necessary to get down and dirty. I've never gone negative in campaigning. I think. You need to be able to talk about your reasons and your attributes and your character and hold that up high. And, you know, you if you look at your record, you've been pretty successful except for that mayor thing, and that you missed that by 700 votes. So. No, I've been blessed. I've had and, a— Yeah, you, you haven't had to go low or dirty on No, and I, I've had great support. You know, um, my district has um, helped me out very well in the two campaigns, and— and I believe that's the right way to campaign. When people uh, when people contribute to your campaign, are there limits that has how much money? Believe it or not, I'm ve- I have very little <laughs> information about this. I yeah. know nothing about it. So. so campaign law in the state of Kansas limits it to $500 per election cycle okay. per individual business or entity. Okay. So Steve McIntosh can give $500. Uh, sweet, um, your wife's name. Shelly. Sweet Shelly. St. Shelly. St. Shelly. Yes. St. Shelly can give 500 um, And then Macintosh Enterprises can give 500 Shelly's Boutique can give 500 Okay. Right? So, um, but there are limits. You'll, you'll notice we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who, who's going to be the next mayor? Uh, either Brandon Whipple or yeah, Lily Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a politician's answer, but... Uh, Oh, yeah. Lily has really, we just did a story today. She's raised a lot of money in a short period of time. She has, and it's impressive. You know, we raised uh, what I thought was a great amount um, in a primary, and she doubled it. So that's that's an impressive number. And, and her and I align on more things than Brandon Whipple and I align on. Okay. Okay. Uh, we all know that Brandon Whipple and I have had major disagreements, been well documented. Uh, in the press. I mean, that's why I ran against him, right? Um, because we do have difference of opinions. And Lily and I do align more than Brandon and I. So uh, it is an impressive number that she has raised. And, you know, Tuesday we'll know. So there you go. You've heard it, folks. Uh, Brian is uh, predicting that Lily Lou will win. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, you're listening to Issues 2023 on the Odyssey radio stations. And our guest is Wichita City Council Member Brian Fry. So uh, what, is, uh, what is the most important issue in this mayor election that we're, that's coming up? 
Well, and again, I started out with my campaign saying this was the number one issue, and um, you saw other candidates start to talk about it as well. Uh, people need to feel safe in their community, and it's tough to do that right now when police response times are so long because they're short-staffed. Um, over 100 officers short, and that just creates longer response times. And so then people feel unsafe. And so getting the police staffing back to where it needs to be is the number one issue. Um, how do you do it? Well, the how it, is it? <laughs> yeah, the how is the challenge, right? Yeah. Um, you know, certainly the city has had some good times recently. We've got uh, budget surpluses uh, this year and expected for next year. So there's capacity to offer additional incentives, additional pay for police officers, not only for retention uh, and recruitment. And we just need to do a better job. This is not unusual for a city our size. This is happening all across the country. Police departments are short-staffed. It's a tough career field, especially with some of the civil unrest and issues that you've seen in Minneapolis and Memphis and so forth, and even our own uh, scandal with the police texting. It's been a tough career um, when there are other jobs that are paying better uh, for law than in law enforcement. And and if you're out there with uh, a gun and a badge and a radio and you have to make life and death decisions. It's a very challenging position. A lot of people who don't want to do that. It's a much different job than when you and I were kids when the officers were guardians and, you know, just kept the peace. Now they have to be not only peacekeepers, but they have to be... uh, homeless advocates and social workers workers, and mental health and the amount of substance abuse addiction that they're seeing on the streets. There's so many more challenges, plus just uh, the whole nature of being a police officer. There there are people that don't like police, and so you've got that stigma. And so it's a very tough career field. Um, You've also got a heavy number that are ready for retirement. And so you're losing institutional knowledge, experience, street savvy. But you know Uh, what you're expressing right there is can be taken and putting it in nursing. Oh, absolutely. Put it over here in teaching. teaching. Education, yeah. Apparently we don't have enough qualified people. Yeah. This could be a big demographic switch that we're looking at. Oh, absolutely. Society as a whole. People aren't looking enough at the population challenges that we've got going forward. The amount of workers that are – not going to be available. We've had this baby boom, and now those baby boomers are retiring and not in the workforce, and we've not built it back up. We're simply not producing enough uh, babies. And where are those workers going to come from? Remember how a few years ago we talked about how McDonald's was going to be automated at some point. Have you been in a McDonald's lately? Almost all the cashier stands are automated. Mm. They're and you're seeing it all across in every industry. In restaurants, you've got this little thing on there, put your credit card, yeah. yeah it's because there's just not enough workers. Hmm. Well, so it's that is a big challenge that this country is going to have to deal with. We don't have that problem in radio. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that right now. What, what do you think were the biggest uh, accomplishments, the city's biggest accomplishments in this past year in 2023? Other than getting past the pandemic. Yeah. Oh. oh, and t- well, related to the pandemic, um, we had a federal money, ARPA dollars, uh, American Recovery Plan dollars that were awarded to the city of Wichita, and we were able to utilize that money to help with future-ready workforce. We've created programs in partnership with 259 and WSU Tech to ready our workforce in the high school, 
for jobs in education, healthcare, um, advanced manufacturing. So using those federal dollars to create some education workforce, some training programs, I think that's a big difference maker for us. Um, also using that to help with our homeless situation and building a multi-agency center that will have all services in one site so that if you are homeless, if you are down on your luck and you need sources, resources, this is a place where you can go and get your driver's license or your social security card or uh, affordable housing or workforce training or help with the job application. Having this one-stop shop, and this is in development right now, but we're using federal dollars to help us build this. This is a resource facility that the city doesn't have right now. If you need this, you have to go to multiple places all across the city. That makes it very difficult for someone. Just on a general, uh, the money that came in from the Fed uh, before, during, after the pandemic, certainly uh, talked to talked to people at city and county, helped to balance the budget, uh, this and that and the other. Philosophically, where do you come down on that? Are you a, a libertarian, strict conservative who says, oh, I got crummy old federal money, or did you say... We just had to swallow no, and take it. <laughs> again, I'm a fiscal conservative, and I yeah. don't like adding to the debt when we certainly can't afford it. You're looking at long-term projections about where this debt and how it continues to rack up. Not a fan of that. The city level, we're required to have a balanced budget. Yeah, That's a state requirement. We do that every year. We also put money into reserve. That's the way I live my life, and that's the way I think taxpayer money should be used as well. So I don't like this giant bucket of money that's coming in. At the same time, we were affected. The city of Wichita did have revenue challenges because of COVID. And that money allowed us to restore those uh, budget numbers and build something better, uh, more better than what we had. You know, and we're looking at uh, this new semiconductor plant that still is not, I don't think for it's sure. not approved yet. No, not at the federal and level. It's going to be a couple, several thousand jobs there. you got this aircraft company saying we need the people. Yep. And it, it doesn't seem like they're just flocking in here <laughs> by the truckload. And that's why you have to continue to invest in the quality of life and make yeah, this yeah. the most inviting city it can be and prepare for the future. One of the things that I ran on nine years ago was our water treatment facility and making sure that we're building it for the next several generations. When you walk into the current one and there's a plaque dedicated under Franklin Delano Roosevelt, that should give you some pause as to what's the future of this water treatment facility. And you can put as much bailing wire and duct tape on it as possible, but eventually it needs replaced. And so getting that replaced, which will set to open late next year, will set the tone and the infrastructure for the future of this community because where there's clean, affordable water, industry is going to come to and people are going to come to. And I don't know the folks understand this, but I have, I have two brothers. One of them lived in New Mexico right on the edge of the desert, and the other one lived in California. And over the years, watching water, uh, yeah. you, people take it for granted, but you're right. In these in communities, you better have that or you're yeah. in trouble. And if, just as an opinion that... Riverfront Stadium and uh, and the and the city water plant two of two of the biggest things in, in the past eight nine years yeah. that I can remember. Yep, and those great are great things. Yeah, and those are go back to the quality of the life, making this the most inviting city it can be. Part of that is desirable, but welcoming. People need to know that 
you can come to a city like Wichita and your water rates are going to be affordable. You're going to have things to do. You're going to have a great education and library system to keep yourself educated as well as your children. You're going to have parks and open spaces where you can play and have some time to yourself and, and enjoy the weather in Kansas. Wait 10 minutes. It'll change. Yeah, it'll right? change. Yeah. Um, but having those amenities, those quality of life things is what allows companies like Integra and Textron to continue to develop and draw workforces here. I don't want you to make an enemy or anything, but you, you, you know a lot about marketing. Is there something we're missing as far as our overall marketing scheme to the rest of the world about this community? Uh, every time we see Wichita in national media, yeah. it, it seems like it's yeah. bad. Well, we're <laughs> humble, right? Oh, that's part of our problem. Kansas, Kansas nice. We're humble. We don't like to brag. We don't like to... Believe me, my wife's right. relatives are in Texas. Right. They don't have a problem with that down there. And it's funny because when people come to Wichita for their first time, they're impressed. They're like surprised. Yes. They're like, wow, this is great. And you guys don't talk about this enough. And again, <laughs> that goes back to our humbleness. And um, we are a gritty community. We're a gritty state. We've lived through major challenges, but yet when we come out of it, we don't brag. We don't share that. We don't trumpet it mm -hmm. like we should. Um, you know, yeah. but that goes back to our nature. A lot of people will tell you when they come here and visit, they'll tell you uh, how friendly people are here. Yes. And, and we are. Absolutely. I've been to some other cities and right. they ignore you. Right. But anyway. You know, there was a slogan that uh, visit Wichita long ago when it's called the Wichita Convention and Visitors Bureau, they had uh, Hi is our middle name. Yeah. Which, when you spell Wichita, H-I is right in the middle of it. Right. I always thought that was brilliant yeah. because that speaks to who we are. We say hi to mm. people. That's right. right. You wave to people as you're driving. You give them the nod, right? That goes back to that friendliness. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think we take, we don't use that enough to yeah. really stress our, our friendliness. You know, uh, we're, we're coming about out of time and covered a lot of bases I wanted to. But one thing I wanted to ask you about was, uh, was your future. And uh, you say you've got some sort of part-time job that you're leaning on. So I'm still with the Kansas Chamber of Commerce right now. Yeah, okay. And I still have that opportunity to stay with them. But, you know, I've got to fill that hole, that void, um, whether it's with more employment or whether it's with um, more volunteer work. I just signed up yesterday for nine bell ringing shifts for the Salvation Army this year. Um, I love doing well, that. Bless but. your heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I make f I have fun while I do it, so that well, adds to it. But, you know, I'm going to continue to serve this community, whether it's um, as a volunteer, a board member. Um, uh, there's not an elected office in my immediate future. Well, so that, we'll see. remember that line from late Raising Arizona. You're young. You've got your health. What do you want with a job? <laughs> but That's true. You know, you could you probably shave and and, and run for an office or something. <laughs> oh, it's no shave November. So right now, <laughs> the beard has started. You're going to start that for the Christmas season. You're going to do Santa Claus. That's right. All right. Well, listen. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Got some good insight here. Thank you. And we appreciate it as always. But uh, uh, what is it that gets you up in the morning? What makes you want to go and do something? I love this community. I always have. I always will. And my goal has always been to how can I make Wichita better? How can I make this the place that my children and their friends want to call home? Um, and making sure that it is the most inviting city it can be. And you started out on the southeast side and you wound up over on my west side. So how That's that? right. What it, street did you live on when you were a kid? Trig. Trig. So it's a little dirt road behind <laughs> well. Dandales. Oh, at man. Kellogg and Greenwich Road. 
uh, seven houses on the street. We had an 11-acre field across the street. That was our playground. I listen. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> our guest, Wichita City Council Member Brian Fry. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2023. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.